Hi, everybody. Welcome to Busy Living Sofa. Busy Living Sofa. Busy Living Sofa. Okay, it's episode 257. 257 episodes, and here we are. And I have bad news. I guess it's not really bad news. It's just news. I'm not going to say it's bad news because it's not bad or good. It just is. So I was really excited. I talked to you guys about the play that I got chosen to play a huge part in a play, a local play, community theater. And I was so excited. I had this big part. I had so many lines. And my youngest son, Henry, for those of you that follow me, I got a phone call that it was time. He has to move into college the weekend that the play was going on and they couldn't find an understudy. So I have to go. So I, they were like, you have to go on. And I was like, wait a minute. My son has this, like he has to move into college. And everybody's like, well, how old is he? I'm like, he's 21, but still he's moving into college by him, like into a city he's never been to as his mom. I want to be there if I can. And it's a weekend, it's a Saturday. And I would go up on Friday, set him up and come back on Sunday, just so he has a lay of the land, knows where everything is. He's never lived in a city. It's like a big deal. And they were like, mm, yeah, well, you can't miss the play. So I had to resign. And it's a bummer because, you know, my ego was so excited to get up there and get on stage and do my thing and have people applaud me and be like, oh, you're so great. And, you know, but when it came down to it, and it was a hard choice. Can you believe that it was a hard choice? I was like, do I pick my child or do I pick, and not that he's a child because he's a man and now and he's 21, but do I pick him or do I pick a play where I can get this admiration and everything else and all these great you know, accolades or do I go and do the responsible thing? At least for me, I find for me is being there for my kids. And it was interesting because I called this person that I talked to on a weekly basis and I asked her, I said, what do you think I should do? Should I go to the play or should I go take care of Henry? And she said to me, how would you feel 20 years from now? Which would you regret? Which would you regret missing 20 years from now? And when she put that into that context, my first answer right away would be like, I'd miss spending time with Henry. That's number one. I would miss spending time with Henry. I don't think I'd miss hanging out with strangers. I don't think I'd miss the applause. I don't think I'd miss any of that stuff. I think I'd miss that time of like watching him get to his new college and be able to see his face, his expression when he walks to this new campus. And when he get the expression of what it looks like to have this kitchen, whatever his kitchen is gonna look like, we have no idea. You know, what his roommates are gonna be like, where is the local store that he can go to? Where is safe? Cause it is a city and it's different. He's never lived in a city. Getting him around, making sure he's gonna be able to get around how far away his classes are. That's all the stuff I wanna be there for. And I don't know if there's an age limit to that, if you're a mom. I don't know if there really is an age limit that you go, I don't wanna do that. And it's not important that I be there at that event or not this event. I think we all wanna be there majority of the time for our kids all the time. 
And even when they, you know, they get married, we want to be part of it. I mean, obviously there are certain things that we aren't going to be involved with, but a lot of stuff like moving and doing that sort of stuff, I want to be a part of. And the fact that he wants me there, like that's, I'm grateful for, you know, when we get sober, you know, before I got sober, I remember when they were little and I would be like hungover so badly. And I'd be laying on the couch and I had three kids running all around and I'd be like, go play in traffic. And I literally meant to go play in traffic. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I have to feel bad because I just said, no, I wanted them to go play in traffic. It was like, I'm so hungover. I can't figure out anything to do with you. You're driving me crazy. I have a huge headache. I feel terrible. Get away from me. And the fact that today I have a relationship with them where we want to hang out and we like each other and we have just a nice rapport. It's just a huge gift of sobriety, you know, for so long. I didn't, you know, it was all about me. It was the Elizabeth show. When is it going to be, you know, who's going to show up for me? Am I, oh, I need to get accolades all the time. Somebody has to focus on me all the time. That's what I have to do. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. Everything's about Elizabeth. Everything's about busy. It's not about my kids. It's about me. You know, we're selfish and self-centered in our drinking. And I didn't believe that for the longest time. I was like, what do you mean? I was there. I did this stuff for my kids. But the reality is, it's like really being present is something that I've worked into through the years. It's like being present is, um, it's hard, especially with all these devices we have. And I'm just gonna show you some devices like this and this, like they're going off at all times, right? And to be present, we can't have these things because they're distracting us, these iPads and cell phones and computers. They distract us from what is really going on in our lives. And drinking was a huge distraction, right? It took me away from where I want needed to be, which was with my kids. I didn't want to feel any feelings though. So I didn't want to feel any feelings. So I wanted to drink. So I didn't have to feel sad and I didn't have to feel lonely and I didn't have to feel less than, and I didn't have to feel this or that. I didn't have to judge anything. I just wanted to, you know, not feel anything. So I drank and I drank alcoholically and drinking was but a symptom because it's my thinking that's been screwed up this whole time. My thinking while I was drinking was screwed up. It was like, wait a minute. No, I have to do this for me. It's about me, me, me. When nine or 10 times, it's about my kids now. It's still about my kids. I mean, I thought when I signed up for this play, I was like, oh my gosh, I can go do this now. Henry's old enough. I don't have to do anything. And the reality is he still needs me. Mm. 21 years old and he still needs his mother. Isn't that crazy? But it's something that I want to do. I think that um, I've heard from people before that they're like, I don't know, getting sober, it's going to be so boring. I thought it was going to be boring too. I thought that life was going to stop. I thought, you know, I, th I think back to what it was like and how it was my everything drinking. Drinking was everything I thought about. Drinking was, you know, it trumped my kids. I remember when I got pregnant with all three of them and I'd be like, oh my God, I can't smoke and I can't drink now. But 
the minute I give birth, get me a bottle, like get me a bottle and I want a pack of cigarettes. And I used to be able to go smoke and you could smoke in um, hospital stairwells. Can you imagine? But you could. And I would go, I remember I gave birth to Kent, my oldest one who just turned 25. And I went, I got a bottle. My, my ex-husband brought me a bottle of champagne and I got the champagne and I drank it and I was so excited. I was like, yes, Mecca. And then I got a pack of cigarettes and I went and I, I went and I smoked. I didn't even think about what that could, what my smell was to my baby. I didn't think about any of that stuff. It's like, I needed to smoke. I needed to smoke. I needed to drink. I didn't nurse because God knows I didn't want to take time away from my drinking to nurse. So I, uh, I was all about Elizabeth. It was Elizabeth show. And, you know, now here sitting here looking on, you know, a couple of weeks, I'll have 15 years of continuous sobriety, God willing. And I think back to those times and I'm like, oh my God, I missed so much. And I was a blackout drinker and we don't think, at least I didn't think, I'm not going to say we don't think, I'm going to say I didn't think. I didn't think that I was like killing brain cells. I didn't think that it was a big deal. I was like, whatever, I'm drinking, everybody drinks. Am I killing brain cells? I'm fine. But I really think I killed like brain cells. Like I think back, people will say, do you remember this? Do you remember that? I'm like, mm, no, I don't remember that. I don't really remember that. And could that be a direct result of my drinking? For sure. It very well could have been. You know, I drank a lot and I could have killed a lot of brain cells and hence I don't remember anymore. But I don't remember a lot of stuff. And um, that's a regret I have that I don't know if I'll ever be able to get over. I don't know. It's so funny because when that person said to me this week when I called her on Thursday and I was like, what am I supposed to do? I've got the play and I've got Henry. And she's like, well, what is it going to look like 20 years from now? I don't think we ever think 20 years from now. At least I didn't. I didn't think 20 years from now. I've been impulsive my entire life. I don't know if that's a character of every alcoholic, but I know it is of this alcoholic and a lot of alcoholics I know. We're impulsive. We don't, you know, I want, I want more, more, more. I want to be happy, happy, happy. I want to do whatever it takes to be happy. And I want instant gratification. And um, instant gratification is so crazy, especially now in today's world, because with these cell phones and plane travel and the way we can live our lives, everything's like this. If we don't hear back from somebody in 30 seconds, we're like, oh my God, what's wrong? Why didn't they come back to me? Oh my God, they don't like me. They've got a problem with me. Oh my gosh. We never think, oh my gosh, actually this person could be busy doing something. That's why they didn't get back to me. But when I was younger and there were no cell phones, it wasn't like this. It was like, it was very interesting. I was telling, talking to somebody and not to digress, but I was talking to somebody today and she's like, my phone keeps dropping. My phone keeps dropping calls. My phone keeps dropping calls. I'm like, I totally get it. I've had my third, I'm on my third phone of the same generation. And I, it, it drops calls all the time. And my kids yell at me all the time. And I'm like, oh my God, I hate this phone. And I was like, you know, wasn't it so much easier when you had the dial phone? <laughs> You just had a phone. You had a long phone card cord. You'd go and you'd hide in the closet and you'd have a phone call. And you, then if you went out, you didn't have phones with you. So you didn't know what was going on in the world. Besides when you got home, there was a message. The light was blinking. Life was a lot easier. Today, life isn't so easy. And, um, but getting, getting back to living today and all the incessant and me being, you know, wanting things, instantaneous gratification 
it's a hard thing because you know you see one shining object and you want that and you want this and you want that and our bodies work in this mode that we're stressed all the time and we're not stressed like cavemen more like oh my god here comes a lion that's going to eat me or a bear that's going to eat me we're stressed over stupid stuff that we shouldn't be stressed over and it's just not it's just it's hard and i think that we put, we use drinking even more today because it calms us down we can take that time i remember that when i would smoke it would be like oh my god i'd have a drink and a smoke and for some reason my entire life would just go to shh how do i do that as a sober person that's what i thought to myself how am i ever going to feel like this as a sober person calm serene you know not having it all be about me. I think it's lack of cell phone, lack of iPad, lack of computer. I think it's really getting present in your body. I think it's breathing. Breathing's huge. I didn't breathe for a long time. I think I was just walking around just like managing. <sighs> now that I'm sober, I breathe I realized that I'm easing God out when I want my things my way. You know, I wanted this play to be my way. I wanted this stuff to be my way. And I realized that it's not all supposed to go my way. I don't know how it's supposed to be, but I know that if I let go, I can feel when it's right and I can feel when it's wrong. And when it feels wrong, I like to back away from it. You know, it's in, the other thing I have to say that I did with this play, which I kind of, I don't kind of regret, I regret. And I don't know if any of you can relate to this, but I'm such a people pleaser that I say yes to a lot of things without thinking about it. Somebody asked me to do something, I say yes. Somebody asked me to be in this play, I said yes. So I'm gonna give you an exact example. So they, I went and I tried out for this play. I didn't ask any questions. How long is this play? What's the commitment look like? What are you gonna need me for? How long are you going to need me for? What is the night? What is the schedule going to look like? I didn't ask any of those questions. They offered me the position. I said, yes. And then I got into it and they're like, we're going to have practice five nights a week. And we're going to put on a show for four weekends in a row, Monday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four nights in a row four weekends in a row. So the rest of August was going to be filled with doing these plays every weekend from Thursday to Sunday and then practicing during the week. So I had said yes to something that I had no idea what I'd said yes to. I had said yes to something that was going to take over my life, everything in my life. And I said, when I started the play, I said, I'm not busy. I have nothing to do. You know, I have no other commitments. And the reality is, is that I do have commitments. I have commitments to you, my listeners, that I love to death, even though I don't know all of you, but I love you all to death that you support this and you support my whole cause of changing the shame surrounding addiction and realizing that, you know, there is another way out. This is like the most important thing to me is to show, share with people that this, there is another way out and we need a spiritual awakening to get there and realizing that we have to have some higher power. I don't know if it, it doesn't have to be God, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, if it has to be Buddha, as you can see, I have a Buddha up there. If it has to be the sunrise or the sunset, whatever your higher power is, you need to have something that you believe in that is outside of you. And 
it can't always be a human because the only problem with humans is humans are fallible. Humans make mistakes. Humans, like I just said, you know, I thought I was committing to this play. I was really excited about it. I really wanted to do it. And then I got into it. And then my son calls and I'm left with no way out, right? I have to let these people down. Thank God I did it before it went any further. The minute I found out that Henry had to be there, it was the day I called them right away. I said, I cannot do this. I need to be there for my son. I let them know right away. But I should have taken the time to say, what, what do I need? Taking time realizing that there's a higher power out there, that it's God and he's going to forgive me no matter what. I just think, I think God always forgives us. So I believe in that. That's what I believe. It's what it makes me, it works for me. And if it doesn't work for you, that's okay, but it works for me. So I think that he's forgiving. And I had to say, I was sorry to these people. And I said, I was sorry, but that my son came first and that's the truth for me. And but, you know, I don't want to get into these situations anymore. I don't want to keep jumping into situations where I'm trying to please someone else, but I'm not knowing if it's actually right for me. And so taking this time, I have to take a deep breath and I have to say, can I get back to you in 24 hours? And if I have questions, ask them and don't be ashamed to ask the question. Like I was so, I don't know why I didn't ask, what does this time commitment look like? but I didn't. And that was shame on me. I should have said, what is my, what is my, what am I looking at here? What do you want from me? What exactly are you looking for in me? I don't know that a lot of people do this thing of not asking what you need, not asking for what you need up front, but I never do. I always want to make sure everybody else is happy before I am. It's very strange, but it's a people pleasing thing. And I don't like it because I get into situations with then I'm then I doubt myself. I don't like myself. I'm like, look it, I did it. Why did I get involved in this? This was so stupid, Elizabeth. You shouldn't have even done this. You got yourself in a situation. Now you can't get yourself out. This is horrible. Why did you have to let these people down? You're such a bad person. But I'm like letting strangers down. And I like think twice about letting strangers down, but I'm going to let my son down. Okay, really? My thinking sometimes is skewed. See that? I need to think about his thing needs first. Okay, he needs me. I gotta go help him move in. I gotta go help him find out where does he get cash? Where does he get food? Where's his classes? I wanna do that. When he was in elementary school, I wasn't there. Henry was six when I got sober. So, you know, I wanna be there now. I don't wanna miss another minute. I already wasted, I missed six years. I wanna be there 110%. So if he says, mom, I want you there, I'm gonna be there. You better know it. And the spirituality thing that I was talking about, you know, the crazy thing about busy living sober is we don't make any money here. Busy living sober is not a, a money-making endeavor. It is a, I've told you this many times, it's a hobby. So it's my hobby because I want people to know that if you have this disease, for one, if you have this disease and you get sober, I want to say this, if you get sober, if you get a certain amount of time, cherish it. Hold on to it tight. I've met too many people recently that have had long-term sobriety. They go out, they start drinking and they can't come back. They can't get sober again. It's too hard. It's too hard. If you get sober the first time, 
hold on to that sobriety. Don't give it up for anything. I think that we all, at least for me, I, you know, we sometimes like, oh my gosh, life's getting good. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm sober. I'm, you know, I'm totally sober. What do I have to worry about? But the reality is I have to worry about it. I've got to be aware of this every day. I, to, every day I wake up, I'm powerless over everybody. I'm powerless over everything. I have no idea, but I've got to start, set parameters for myself. Like the, okay, I'm not going to say yes to something until I think about it for 24 hours. I'm not. I'm going to think about it for 24 hours. And then if I still don't have a sure decision on what I want to do, I might say I need another 24 hours. We're allowed to do that. You know, I'm powerless over what's going to happen, but I'm not powerless over asking questions and finding out information. I think that sometimes I would put my head in the sand and just, just say yes and keep walking and then find I'm in a situation that I really don't feel comfortable in. And I don't, and it's harder, I think, sometimes to get out of a situation than it is to get into a situation. It's like reversing is so much harder. I don't know why. But we get into these things, we get ourselves in, and then we're like, I need to get out. It's so funny because when we get sober, when I got sober, I remember my sponsor would be like, are you going to go? I'd be like, I'm going to a party or something. I'm going to a wedding, going to a party, whatever it is. And she'd say, do you have a way out? And I'd be like, what do you mean? She goes, well, you always have a way out. And I mean, like, we always have to have a way out. We have to have a car or money to take an Uber or money to take the bus or money to get, or have at least somebody that we can call to pick us up. We need to make sure we, in life, we have that safety. I just thought about this, but like when I was growing up and I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, so tornado alley, like we had to know if there's a tornado and alarm goes off, what are you going to do? Well, we had to go underneath the desk, right? You know, you can go in the bathtub, you know, you can go into a room without windows. There's certain things you're supposed to do to be prepared for certain situations, but as we don't do that as like walking around life when I think we should. Like, why do we get ourselves in situations where we have to reverse out of, and we don't know what our safety shoot is besides falling on the sword and then feeling like assholes about ourselves, which is what I felt like, kind of. I did, I would be like, sorry, my son trumps all of you. I should have known before I signed up for this that actually the move-in day can't be moved really easily like I thought it could. Like where my kids used to go to college or my older ones went, you could be kind of more flexible. This is in a city, it's totally a different scene. And that was my bad. I wish I had taken the time to find out what they wanted from me rather than just jumping in. And um, having a parachute is huge. You know, realizing what you can take and what you can't take is huge. Realizing what you're getting yourself into and what you don't want to get yourself into is huge. When we get sober, it's a huge change in our life. And I can tell you, you won't ever regret not taking a drink. You're never going to, you will regret taking the drink, but you won't regret not taking the drink. You won't regret spending time with your children ever. I don't think ever. You'll never regret that. You know, it's like, for me, it's like the most important thing in my life is my kids up and beyond anything else. It just is. Sorry. It just is. I love my husband. I love my dogs, but my kids trump them all. And, uh, you know, but getting to that place where I'm okay with owning that. And it's hard to own who we are sometimes. It's hard to be truthful with ourselves and truthful with other people because I don't want to let anybody down. But the reality is if I don't let anybody down, then I let myself down. 
And I don't want to do that anymore. I had too many days that I was ashamed of, right? Too many days I woke up and I was like, what the hell did I do? Where's my car? How did I get into this situation? Who's that? How did he get here? <laughs> um, I had too many situations like that where I really was just ashamed of myself. I hated myself. I hated myself during my my drinking. I really did. I hated myself. I had a lot of fun. Don't mind, mind you. I, I, I had a lot of fun, but I also got myself into situations that I really, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm having a technical problem. Um, I got myself into situations that were unsavory. Let's just say that. I got myself into situations that were scary. And, you know, how to reverse out of those was very hard. And I got myself into situations that I'm very ashamed of. I'm not that ashamed of today, but it happened and the results were hard, but I got through it. But it was, you know, life isn't easy. And it especially isn't easy when you're an alcoholic. It just isn't. And life is a lot easier if you decide that, you know what, I want to change things. And I want to make ever other things in life more priority than my drinking. And it takes time and it's hard and it's hard. It's hard getting sober. People say it to me all the time. They're like, isn't it hard? It must be so hard. How do you do it? And the reality is I just do it one day at a time. I do it one day at a time. I stay sober one day at a time. I thank God every day. I like to do a third step prayer, which is kind of an abbreviated version where it's like, God, I offer myself to thee to do as thou wilt, relieve me of this bondage of self so that I can do your will. And that means just like, let me get out of the way. You know, if my stuff on my to-do list doesn't happen, is the world going to spin off its access? No. If I'm late for something, is the world going to spin off its access? No. Are people going to get pissed off at me? Maybe. Can I apologize? Yes. Can I try to be there on time? Yes. But is it the end of the world? No. Drinking can be the end of the world. If you're an alcoholic, drinking can be the end of the world. And we spin and we are tornadoes in our own families. So if you're out there and you're like, I don't know, it's hard. I get it. It is hard. It is hard to put your worth it. You're worth the fight. You're worth the hard work. You're worth being able to fall on a, a sword and say, sorry, I messed up. I shouldn't have said yes. You're okay to say that. It's okay to reverse. It's okay to say, I'm sorry, this isn't working for me. It's okay to say all of those things. But when you get sober and you start to like yourself, it's easier. It's hard when you don't like yourself to say those things. But if you like yourself and you respect yourself, it's a lot easier. It's like, wait a minute. I'm going to let you trump me. I don't think so. No, my kids, my, this goes first. And it's okay. If you don't like me ever again, it's okay. There's a lot of people who don't like me. It's okay. But they are going to love me no matter what. And at the end of the day, I don't think on our deathbeds, we are going to miss strangers coming and saying that they, they're so sorry. They didn't get to spend more time with you. Our kids will, our loved ones will. So taking that time is important. Okay, I think I've talked for 30 minutes now. I think everybody's probably sick of hearing busy from busy living sober. But, uh, you know, I really think that taking care of ourselves, being honest, having a parachute is huge. 
I think that having a higher power is huge. Make it the sunrise if you need to. Make it a tree. Humans are fallible. I, oh, that's, I want to go back to the one last thing. Humans are fallible. Humans are not perfect. There's no per person walking on this planet that's perfect, right? Nobody is. Everybody can let you down. Every person could let you down. It's just human nature. But taking care of yourself and finding something that's out there that's bigger than you that you can trust. If it's the sky, if it's the sun, you can trust the sun's going to rise either in splendor or behind a mask of clouds, but it will rise. You can, the sun, the trees are going to stay in the backyard unless something horrible happens like a tornado, but you can put something that's actually, it's going to be that you can look at and trust. And making that your higher power and trusting that every day that can help you stay sober, whatever that is make it happen. Stay sober today. Please stay sober today. You're worth it. Please don't pick up a drink today. Find something, find someone. You can go to a 12-step meeting, go on Zoom. I always tell people, you can go on Zoom now. It's such an awesome thing. It's like the best thing that came out of the pandemic, the Zoom meetings, because you can go to a meeting anywhere in the world and you don't even have to put your name on there. And you can just go show up and see if you like it. Try it. If you need to know where a meeting is, I have a meeting that I host every day. It's on morning. You go to busylivingsober.com and you go under the heading morning hope. There's a link right there for a Zoom meeting and you don't need a passcode or anything. You can just show up. Come see what a meeting's like. You can write me an email. I'll write, I'll write you back. I promise. Busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y at busy, B-U-S-Y livingsober.com. Reach out to me. Don't do this alone. Pick up the phone. Don't pick up a drink. Pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. Email me. Text me. Do whatever. Email, not email me is the best. I can't text, but email me. And I promise I'll email you right back. And until next week, keep getting busy. Living. Summer. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to my channel if you like it. All right, until next week, keep getting busy, living sober. Bye.